afternoon talk is living with the bare elements. We sometimes forget how much our life, our consciousness is wrapped up and tied into a whole variety of uh, what we might call social constructs. What I mean by that is that we look at our life and it seems to be full of self which are stuck or glued to a variety of identities. So much of our thought and our feelings and our views revolve around ourself, revolve around the identities that we have and this shows itself from our name, it shows itself with regard to the surname, the family, the people around us the kind of environments and circles that we move in, the religious, social or secular faith, the nation-state, and much, much more. So here we find ourselves moving through our life very constructed, very formed into identities, with all the anxiety and pressure and unrest that goes with it and naturally enough and humanly enough we might be asking ourselves my goodness me what's happened to my life is my life just trying to get through day in and day out as best as possible with these formations and roles and identities that have been given to us we've taken them up and we think that's what life is about roles, identities, relationships with others, with oneself surely we are worthy as human beings on this earth to go deeper than that we've come to rely upon very, very sadly on external voices of authority whether it's called science to tell us what reality is whether it's called religion even worse, our politicians our media our educators who are they to tell us what life is about what matters goodness me take a look and yet we are so unsure in ourselves, and we are so insecure in ourselves, we accept these figures of authority who tell us what a successful life is all about 
what a worthwhile life is all about and we've lost trust in our humanity in our being to find out for ourselves we've sacrificed our humanity and we've become terribly dependent on the other it's an enormous loss it's perhaps the greatest loss of all to lose the inquiry and, and the spirit of a wild and free and spacious life sometimes in the exploration of uh, and of the of the questioning and this has been referred to uh, with the group and uh, with the one-to-ones with some of you this, uh, this morning that as we uh, listen to the uh, lovely explanation from Guy in terms of the teaching in putting it in a variety of ways we need to have a sense perhaps in a way of the bigger picture of what is taking place and what I mean by that one might and could say oh it is just about being mindful of the breathing as an, uh, as an example just helping to get in touch with the breath so that we're less stressed and more calm that certainly is a factor to it but it's got a much more radical edge to it than that it's about stripping down the identity reducing all of these roles and fixations and information to return back to our bareness as a human being the very bare elements that we are and to see if I really experience my nakedness as a human being perhaps there is a possibility I might have realizations about life which these politicians and these scientists and these experts can never offer because they don't know it we can't rely on them they are trapped and I find it if I may say somewhat offensive to be told that we are free when so obviously not there isn't any freedom in being trapped it's the freedom of a bird in a cage freedom is not an offer it's a depth of realisation so sometimes in the bare experience of just being with the breath it's a small step it is an important step and it's an important step to just to reconnect with the bareness of the elements of who we are and in that connection with that much else temporarily is put aside I am just a human being composed of elements composed of genetic material of biology of nature and as much as possible I wish to stay true to this naked experience of just being human and to see where that might lead me what, where that might take me in my nakedness because I can't rely upon what's being offered and the confirmation of it and it's a very easy confirmation because of the suffering all the suffering 
is the identification in some way or other with all of these social constructs the heart suffering, the mind suffering the anguish, the disappointment, the hurt every one of them, look at them they're all around this identification with some kind of um, position I come back to the breath and what in that coming back to the uh, the breath though it isn't easy there's something important about it and sometimes people will say well, why is it so important to be with the breath my simple response is very easy go outside find a bucket of water stick your head in that bucket of water and I promise you your interest in the breath will grow dramatically within one or two minutes the connection with the breath is more important to us than all of this social fabrication it takes two minutes to prove it and so in our connection in our working with the breathing uh, uh, ex uh, experience staying steady and committed to it will bring, its, bring benefit the benefit that it brings which I'll list in a moment or two the benefit that it brings is the preparation for the deep it is not the end it is only the preparation and that the benefits which can come to us if I breathe in and out one fairly simple and obvious fact of just breathing in and breathing out it contributes to being a little bit more centred and grounded it contributes to some harmony of body and mind bringing them together so the mind is not all over the place it's actually with the body it is actually with the breath it contributes to cutting through a lot of unhelpful, unnecessary and useless thinking. And it's not that we're trying to get rid of thinking. The problem with us, with thinking, we think about a lot of things which are simply not worth thinking about. That's the problem and what we don't do is we don't think about things that we really need to think about we're not trying to get rid of the thought but use our intelligence to see what really is worth thinking about and frankly most of what is thought about is crap it's a form of miserable entertainment it's a kind of nightmare show it's as bad as a Hollywood drama and we live in this imaginary productive profusion of ideas and thoughts and day and uh, daydream and it becomes our world it's not what life is it's not the world and so the contact with the breath contributes to calmness and steadiness contributes to um, harmony it also reminds us of our 
connection with the environment life the English word is rather sweet for this life is environmental you put the hyphen between enviro, the world around and mental, heart and mind life is environmental it's interconnected obviously no air no human period air doesn't come here, it comes from we draw it in it's environmental and we bring it in if life is environmental which it is as it is connected which it is and which everything does connect with everything else surely that's worth thinking about surely that's worth contemplating on and meditating uh, uh, upon and to ask ourselves what is the significance of this interconnection which is more important than all of our social constructs why is it so important and one of the reasons is you can't argue with it very difficult to say life isn't interconnected sky above, earth below men, women, children, animals, birds, flowers, fish earth, air, heat, water, space who's going to say oh, none of that has any connection one would have to be completely off one's rocket so the contemplation on the breath nothing else recognizing environmental life to experience the in-breath and the out-breath and to experience it to remind us of this interconnection so it, in, it informs what we think it informs what we say and write and it informs what we do then we're talking about a meditation then we're talking about being a naked human being and, and touching something rather lovely and sweet with the experience of the breathing uh, uh, in and out uh, there there are times when you and I will be informed unexpectedly of information which comes to us which we are told and how very easily and very quickly the agitation or the anxiety or the reaction can come just a few a few words we just had in France this is a very small example our uh, yatra our uh, annual walk pilgrimage in the foothills of the Pyrenees and there and a guy very uh, kindly uh, uh, joined us maybe this year 130, 140 uh, uh, of us uh, walking and we have the mobile phone if there is any emergency at all then uh, anyone anywhere can contact uh, the beloved managers and then that gets passed to the teachers so in this case the the beloved sister of a grandmother of one of the participants died so the message came to the managers and then was passed over to uh, my, myself 
and then call the walker, the participant and uh, share with her, let her know that this very much loved and very old member of the family uh, uh, had died. I use it as a small example, the same when I was in India, my father um, died at the age of uh, 70, my view of that essentially murdered by the tobacco industry. And one gets a point of information uh, there. And the mindfulness of breathing can just contribute in a moment of life which is important for us to stay calm and stay steady and listen and attend to this. Not repress, not control, not drown in our reactivity and grief and anger there, but to stay clear and calm. And there are situations in life guaranteed in this journey through existence where there will be moments for you and for me where information will come which is not easy to handle. It could be about the other, it could be about ourselves. And the mindfulness of breathing is one of the most precious contributions that I know which will help a person to deal and handle the unexpected. If it was just for that and no other benefits, I would say it's still a really worthwhile practice. But the calm and the clarity there, and as one goes deeper, this is rather precious. With the practices as well, as one goes deeper, there will be natural, back to the nakedness, natural happiness will begin to emerge out of the being. Because we are not oppressed by all the roles and all the duties, natural happiness will start to come. And the natural happiness puts a perspective on your roles and my roles in life. Because if I can experience as a human being natural happiness, I'm not going to be demanding so much on others to make me feel good. It would be a great relief to those who know you. Oh, she's so much happier. Oh, he's so much happier. Oh, thank God for that. Because the pressure was unbearable. So, kindnesses and mindfulnesses and breathing meditations and the steadiness to help us as human beings be human, feel the being and just be in touch with this breathing process. And it's just one meditation. If we had an intelligent society, which we don't unfortunately, all these practices would be there in the classrooms, day in and day out. You'd have it in the schools, you'd have it there have all these practices everywhere to help people feel community and love and connectedness and, 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 and really understand the beauty and the wonder of environmental life. So it's up to all of us to find ways, creative ways to explore this. In the meditations, 
I'll come to the, the body in a moment or two. It's extraordinary phenomena with the inner life <coughs> that two or, th- we c- two or three things can be going on at the same time. And this is what I was talking about. I just re- uh, remember sometimes we have an idea this, this is uh, one of the poor situations that Dharma teachers can find themselves in that if we're really trained and practiced in mindfulness we'll concentrate on one thing at a time there's an idealism we should just be able to concentrate one thing at a time but being human and all too human as we know more or less two things can be going on at the same time easy because we're that kind of strange there and I remember um, years ago um, I was teaching at IMS Insight Meditation Society when so the at IMS at the staff incidentally people would ring up and the good person on the telephone at the IMS centre would say, I'm a mess, can I help you? <laughs> I thought it was a brilliant one line. Anyway. <laughs> Sometimes it's a bit like that <laughs> for all of us. Anyway, so one of the participants on the retreat came in and um, one of the teachers, don't mind me, he has a sense of humour Joseph, Joseph Goldstein was sitting there at uh, breakfast uh, time during a retreat and eating his good breakfast and reading the New York Times at the same time and so the yogi, the practitioner walked in and saw Joseph doing two things at the same time and, uh, and then afterwards he, he said to me I've lost all faith I'm completely disillusioned I just walked in I just saw Joseph sitting there eating and reading at the same time it's like some kind of war crime or something you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and he said how do you respond to that? And I said, well, my only response to it is, when, sometimes when I'm at home, I'm having breakfast, I'm reading The Guardian, and listening to the news on the radio at the same time. Why not? What's the problem? Human beings have this capacity to do one, two, or three, uh, three things, right? Don't see why we should beat ourselves up over it sometimes this is the point here sometimes it is problematic this is what I want to talk about here we are engaged in something mindfulness of breathing working with the body we feel really dedicated to finding out what is it just to walk in our bareness just to walk just to sit just to stand 
just to recline and do nothing else but just our bare being but the inner life may not support that it may not allow that and then there's something else going on inwardly while engaged in what we are committed to what is going on inwardly is the stuff stuff is the light English word for the shit and it's coming up inside and there's a combination of factors which contribute to it one, of course there has to be every time, without exception the I not this physical I, that would be easier the I, the self, the me that has to be there the second when it's in a reactive form there uh, will be some negative feeling in some form or other something negative there and the third which has to support it and keep it going are the thoughts so the combination stuck or glued together of the self, the I with some negativity in the feeling with some thoughts which has to be there to keep it going they arise so while we are engaged in the sitting meditation the breath and the body walking, standing and reclining eating our food whatever it might be this movement arises it may be just about oneself giving oneself the hard time it may be a movement which is involving the other she said this, he did this, he left me, he didn't leave me and she's around, she's not around and all the other stuff and the self, the negative and the thoughts are there which keep easily interrupting the living present interrupting what your primary interest is to be alive, to be conscious and to be clear about what's going on and the two can be going on, on together uh, there and, and as we know sometimes that movement which is called a habit which is called a reaction the action that means the fault finding with oneself repeats itself and so it's a reaction and a reaction and it will continue until it's resolved and the thought I don't like this is as much a part of the problem the thought is I wish this wasn't going on inside of me is part of the negativity the thought which says I wish I wasn't like this I wish I wasn't giving myself a hard time is the negativity talking about the negativity towards oneself it cannot be resolved through the negative by being negative about the negative does that sound complicated? you get the point <laughs> so if, I, if the negative can't resolve something because it's negative about being negative towards oneself then it will require to find a way I hope you're not listening for some quick solution here 
to find a way to end once and for all all the negative, blaming, hard judgments about oneself to f- that it finishes you do not have to live like this it's not some God-given punishment it's a reaction and it reacts because it's not resolved and so it keeps popping its head up and like Krishna uh, one of the great uh, uh, gods of India the comparison that he made it's like coming out of the dirty water is the thousand headed monster and we keep saying we want to cut its head off this eye that's so self-blaming and so attacking I want to cut its head off and it pops up again cut it off and pop it up again cut it off like that sometimes it really can seem like that but what is it that is feeding it what is feeding this regular reaction against oneself and if like a weed understand a weed on the earth it can only grow if it's watered could it be it's a, a, a question kind of leaning question but it is a question could it be that a contribution to this is if I do not have the fullness of interest in life in the real life I would keep falling back on the negative if I find an interest in the small and the ordinary and the extraordinariness of life in the small things of life if I really, really take an interest like in that such as the breath coming in and going out such as the feet walking on the earth I really take an interest in the ordinary things of life and feel a passion and a connection with that perhaps this stops feeding this old reaction and there are people on retreats and having the privilege of teaching these retreats for 45 years now in three, four continents around the world who have walked, entered into retreats really have felt persecuted by their own mind the reactivity, the negative mind and have walked out of this retreat and have told me Christopher it stopped it's finished not sure why not sure how but one thing the person is sure of I am free of this it's over we should not underestimate the extraordinary power of consciousness the power of mindfulness and the power of meditation and the power of our togetherness to actually see the end of the problematic situation once and for all to really see the end of it never underestimate your authority over your mind
So it's not just a question of being a mindful human being, not just a question for us of being in the here and now, but it's also, as I mentioned, really taking an interest in the details and the small things of life there. And just making time, maybe as an example, uh, engaged in the walking uh, uh, there. If you find some unhelpful, unsatisfactory story arising and you pick it up and you notice it, stop. Stand still for a moment. Take one long deep breath in. You're not going to buy this. You're not going to feed and water this weed again. You've got better things to do with your life than be a miserable person. And to engage and to walk and to feel the vibrancy and the bareness of the elements of organic life walking on the earth. And it's those quiet, affirmative determinations to say no have the quiet power of it to get on with the life and sometimes the ego which is the I putting oneself down sometimes the ego just kind of gives up it's lost its power it's lost its influence because we've lost interest in feeding it and in believing in it we've got better things to do In turning the attention to the body, in the old, just take the old uh, tradition uh, here uh, for a moment, there's a kind of, we might call it simple breakup or analysis. It's simple, very simple actually, but for the practitioner, for the meditator, genuinely can be really uh, helpful and worthwhile to remember. And what I have in mind here is what is referred to in the bareness of uh, the five primary elements. And from language, everyday language, we call it the earth element, such as the body, earth element. From the level of experience, which is a little different, the experience of the earth element Actually, experience of it is hardness or softness. Ah, there. There's the air uh, element, and the experience of the air uh, element, such as breathing in, actually, I breathe in, the experience of it, the cells expanding. And as the traditions, both contemporary, from, from the preciousness of the yoga, uh, uh, tradition and movement and much more mindfulness of breathing, pranayama many other forms of exercise the bringing in of the oxygen into the body and the consciously that conscious air element coming into the body enters into the cells it can enter 
very deeply into the cells and the combination of the earth element that's the matter with the air element with consciousness will and does contribute to a much healthy being when oxygen is not touching through the cells from head through to toes the matter needs the support and the nourishment and the nutriment of the air element as well as other uh, uh, elements when there is calmness in the being and relaxation you and I we can take a single in breath and out breath and it's not just feeling some expansion in the chest area the lungs expanding but if we're really calm with the whole being one realizing whoa the whole body is actually breathing in and out the whole being is so interconnected that one feels the expression of life from the head through to the toes with just a single breath in which there is no exaggeration of the breath you just breathe in you breathe out you feel the harmony with it and the whole being is uh, nourished by it it's a contribution to health and happiness a real contribution earth element, air element there's the heat uh, element and sometimes there is the heat element in terms of the coolness and the heat element in terms of feeling hot and uh, in, in between over the years here with the um, uh, air conditioning conditioning is just about what it is <laughs> conditions humans uh, uh, <laughs> uh, there so there's a variety of uh, views as we know which goes on about between I need and I don't need and I don't know if I need or not so some have the view they need the uh, air conditioning and there are others who will uh, say um, it's not needed or it might be needed at some time or, or other Tovener is very gracious I am not so polite but yeah, I'm out of a monastic tradition so Tovener is very gracious they, they kind of provide a choice but if Christopher was a guru which uh, I actually would rather like to be a guru because then you just say do this and everybody does it you know, uh, unfortunately I'm just a poor wretched Dharma teacher and it means I have to discuss and organise and arrange <laughs> with the, all my dear friends for a decision uh, you know, gurus have got it made they just say do it the disciples like that so if I was a guru then it would be very easy I would just take out the air conditioning and then that's solved all those thoughts about the air conditioning because there isn't any it's kind of back to the bareness but Tovener is you know, it's a kind of sweet kindly organisation it's a pity (laughs) so sometimes the point being here is life is not made to fit in with what you want period 
life is not made to fit in with the way that you want it or I want it. Life doesn't work like that. It's not a holiday camp. And it's a great challenge with great beauty and, and, uh, and things which happen around us. And therefore part of the practice here is how it is in a way is how it is. At the moment I can hear the air conditioning is on, it's not my cup of tea, but it's on. And others may prefer the absence of it for environmental reasons, which is my primary reason, and uh, also for others for the sound, uh, etc. Uh, et how easy one circumstance going on around, air conditioning in this case, how easy the reaction as we know yeah. and when we are reacting against we have just transferred our quiet inner authority to what's around us poor old manager gets blamed for having a switch and, and some love her and some hate her for putting it on or putting it off or whatever it might be about Somebody could be sitting near you there. God knows what's going on with them. And they may, may be blowing their nose one minute and farting the next minute and scratching the next minute and getting up and getting down. Well, they're humans, of course they do that. Uh, there. But then we get agitated. We get angry. We are then heated. The heat element is burning us up it's burning up love it's burning up connection it's burning up peace of mind we've just handed authority over to the other over our inner life how foolish can we be and it's not that we become passive creatures the whole talk yesterday was on, on action it's not that we oh we must accept I, I can't stand this word acceptance I very rarely use it except to criticise it so sometimes we need to respond there but can we respond as an action not a reaction The real challenge for us, can we respond as an action, not as a reaction? So our practices and our explorations, earth element, air element, heat element, I mustn't forget them, I said there were five, uh, <laughs> water element. From the water, from the, the water that uh, we drink, to the liquid element of sweat, piss, the liquid element of blood. We are made up of the elements. When I was a monk, to part of the strategy was we can appreciate beauty, the beauty of the woman, the beauty of the man, etc. Many beautiful human beings, from the young to the very old. Beauty can manifest, and the recognition of beauty um, 
actually is a confirmation of love. To see beauty actually is a confirmation of love. And our poets write a lot about uh, the, the beauty of uh, life, and we can sense and feel that with others around us, and sometimes others, others towards us. But getting into some perspective about the human being, the beautiful human being, both uh, inwardly, of course, and in this case, I've got, got in mind uh, outwardly as well. So when we were monks, fairly typical kind of monk thing, we would chant the parts of the body, hair of the head, hair of the body, and the arms and legs, etc. And it would include in it shit, piss, snot and a few of the other things which are not usually seen of as being quite beautiful just to get the balance between the recognition of the beauty and recognition that the human being also has things which unless you have it under a microscope maybe you might find it beautiful but generally we don't find it uh, too beautiful and the, a story respect to the bare elements of the body again which has been doing the Buddhist monks rounds for the past 1500 years these stories get told from one generation of practitioners to the next just a very simple story the monk a very serious monk and there are some painfully serious monks around was on the morning begging ground with the begging bowl you may have been to Thailand other places or seen it in photographs and lovely track a lovely day and he's walking to the village to get the to get the food and then suddenly this very beautiful woman ran by running laughing and smiling and laughing and then a couple of minutes later this um, handsome young man running after this woman also laughing and uh, And the handsome young man uh, he said to him did you just see a really happy laughing beautiful woman just run by and the monk serious looked up from his bowl and he said to the young man I just saw a set of teeth go by. <laughs> a set of teeth. I, this is what I saw, a set of teeth. And this story has been used to describe equanimity <laughs> for the past 1500 years. I, I heard it, because I was a monk, I thought it was a sad story. <laughs> Different view. So sometimes in life, our relationship to the earth element the air element the heat uh, element the uh, uh, water uh, element there and, and water brings cohesion as we know when everything's dry things crack so we want to see in our life in the bareness of our life and the other element the space element what nourishes us Sometimes we need the earth element. Sometimes we need people to hug us. We need a real hug. Uh, I sometimes had the thought on retreats because it's all a little bit isolated. 
we should have a teacher whose only job is to hug people who need a hug. Um, and I always have a few people in mind. Anyway, and um, and then sometimes uh, uh, in life, the, the, we need to breathe. We need the air element. We just need to breathe. And sometimes in uh, uh, life, uh, we just need to feel the, the the warmth of life, the warmth of love, the warmth of friendship, the, the heat of the heart in its best and beautiful ways. And sometimes we need to feel that cohesion the water element brings, that cooperation, that connection with life there. And sometimes, as we know, we need space. So the elements have a the physical component, but in these teachings, the elements also have a feeling, emotional component to them as well. They're not separate from each other. So in our listening to ourselves and really connecting in with our processes, how's your relationship to the body? It's earth element. It's heat and air and water element. There's space in the body and with the, around the body. How's your relationship to it? As a formation of the nature. And to just witness it in its bareness and it, and in the extraordinariness of being alive. No matter if we're young or old, tall or short, fat or thin or whatever. It's not, not the important thing. The, this uh, relationship to seeing the body as a composite of extraordinary elements and feel at home with that. And if we can really feel at home with that, a lot of this social conditioning about what I look like, how I appear to myself, how I appear to others, it's all social conditioning, every drop of it. There's all that's been impressed upon us by the media, by the entertainment industry, by the parents, and much, much more. And we want to liberate ourselves from that and just feel our human being and our worth and our value of being on the earth without this uh, imprisonment, as I mentioned, to all these picture stories and images and all the unhappiness and comparing that goes with it. So let's in our time in our uh, here really give fullness of presence, breathing, experiencing of the body, experiencing of the uh, elements, just being a human being first, making that the real uh, priority here, and to stay true to that, and then to catch finally and to repeat myself a little bit, when the I arises. Accompanied with some negative feeling, which is sustained by thinking, uh, there, do not buy it. Do not regard it in any way as significant. Just remember, this is old. This has been felt before, thought before, known before. It is not helpful it has to go and if that goes you will know a freedom and that freedom will bring to you an immense peace of mind and natural happiness
and that's the best thank you for listening let's have a quiet minute shall we be intimate with the elements may all beings know an unconstructed and free way of life may all beings live with love and happiness (laughs) 